This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad time, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Everybody, how the devil are we? Well, I hope, and uh, looking forward to the new season. Uh, we are getting closer and closer. It's a few days away now. Um, wondering what will come first uh, the first game or our first signing? Yeah, it's going to be the first game, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but we've got a special tonight. Um, as you can see there, it says along the bottom, 
Uh, we're doing an in-conversation with and uh, one of my favourite managers at Leicester City, Brian Little. We'll bring him in. Just going to quickly say that if you are watching this for the first time and you've just found the channel, please press the subscribe button and give us a follow. It would be much appreciated and smash those likes as well. Okay, well, let us... Um, let us bring the gentleman himself in and say good morning to Brian. Good morning, Hi. Brian. How are you? All right. I'm good. Um, yeah. Thank you. Very well. Thank you very much. Very well. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I mean, to many, um, you, you are still thought of as the manager that really started the whole Leicester City revival off. I mean, I know it was, you know, it's been roller coaster up and down yeah. since then, but yeah. you know, up until that point of you joining us, we really, really were stagnating. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I'd had a, a couple of brilliant years at Darlington, and mm. um, throughout that time, um, you know, one or two people had approached uh, my chairman about um, potentially moving on, and uh, he, he always said, look, can we just get through the season and, and see how we were? And I was enjoying it. You know, it was my first job and it was and I was really into it. And I'd, I was, you know, it was a level that I'd, I'd got used to. It was back home for me as well, which was quite important. Um, yeah. uh, but but the day Leicester City got in touch, I got a phone call off my chairman, which was a brilliant call and said, look, I think I've had the call that you need. And, um, and, it, and within a day, I was, you know, down in the Midlands and 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 signing the 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 deal, so it was a it was a very whirlwind situation, um, uh, and it was the sort of club that I couldn't see. I mean, obviously, I haven't played there quite some times. Um, uh, you just you just got a feeling that it, at last there was the opportunity for me to, to to sort of try and stamp my authority on a, on a, on on football, um, which yeah. is what I wanted to do. You know, I mean, I, I had football taken away from me when I was twenty six year old. You know, I was injured and and. Um, you know, lots of people, because I've been in football for years, forget that I was, you know, really young when I had to retire from the game. So so yeah. I worked hard, you know, and I, I, I had to change my image. I mean, I was a long-haired, scruffy little so-and-so when I played football. <laughs> I've seen the videos. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to really, I mean, I had to really have a look at myself, look in the mirror, have a good chat to myself, try and create this sort of, uh, well, what was me, actually, I mean, it really was me. People just thought because of the way I looked, I was not interested in, in the, the, you know, the the coaching side of football or anything. But um, so, yeah, I, I'd worked hard to, to, to on myself and uh, studied the game and worked with some good people. Bruce Rioch was brilliant for me at Middlesbrough when I worked with him. Um, so there was lots of things and I felt I was ready for the Leicester job. I mean, I, you know, um, I think when I first came, one or two people went, you know, are you going to be able to 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 go to this level from where you've been at? And I, I but I was confident enough to say, yeah, I think I, I think I know what I'm doing now. I'm ready for this, and I was really, really buzzing and really looking forward to it. I mean, just to take you back then to what you were saying about having to retire. That was obviously through an injury, and yeah. and I, to be honest with you, that was the seventies, so you were allowed to have long hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah well of course i mean you know in the in the terms of some of the players that played for leicester the frank worthingtons and all these sort of lads in the past and and uh, oh. when birch had long hair and all that sort of stuff you know it was it was the way we were you know and we were just yeah. very ordinary everyday footballers who went to the pub and had a pint with the fans after the games and things like yeah. that you know the, there's a massive transition in football you know young people today wouldn't 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 understand how football was in the 70s oh, it God, just no. was completely different i mean it was still very well ultra competitive let me tell you that but yeah. there was a different way about it you know and, and lifestyles weren't as they were as to as they are today um 
and you really were very connected with your fans uh, as a football player back in the 70s. So once that was taken away from me, you know, that, that was a big chunk of my life disappeared. And um, I mean, I, I, I often sit here now today looking back and think, wow, how have I stayed in this game for 50 years? I've been unbelievably lucky. Uh, I've worked hard. You know, yeah. I've worked hard at it, um, uh, but I've had to work hard to get on. But but the transition from the football player to the football coach manager was one that I I, I worked very hard at. Yeah, and it was. I mean, I, I, I a good friend of the channel is Elton Wellsby, who used to present the big match yeah. Um, yeah. on ITV. He's been on quite a few times talking about Everton and. When you see ITV4 and the show The Big Match Revisited, <laughs> and you look, I mean, if that was transferred to today's game, you'd end up with well, probably not even a five-a-side football team on each side. I mean, it was the tackles went in, uh, but how you played on those pitches, I do not know. <laughs> no, like, well, you look back now, you look back now, and 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 yeah, that that's that's the outstanding feature of, of the game itself, and the skill of some of the players that they showed in those days. Um, you know, the way that they somehow keep the ball off the ground, flick it over the head, and do little things. I mean, yeah. it was completely different. I mean, yeah, I listen, I take my hat off to the modern day footballer. I think they're in the unbelievable athletes now you know they're really fit and they're strong and their their body body mass and everything is is absolutely perfect their skill yeah. levels are really high um so you know you can't you can't take that away. I, I just look back and enjoy the, and enjoy the, the period i played in it was very tough um you know i've still got the scars to prove that <laughs> and, um, and and one or two stories which i can't tell you right now but god they were tough some of the lads i mean you know you walked on the pitch and you just looked to see who was center half that day and you thought uh oh oh i'm going to get yeah. some hammer today um but it was just part of it and and yeah. we loved it and uh, still to this day I, I still enjoy the nostalgia of looking back sometimes yeah. some days i spend a day just going back through those sort of programs that you talk about um and it's just refreshing and it's just it's just good to see. But um, I, I've moved very much into this modern game. I've, I've had to because I've stayed in the game. Um, and I, I, I love the game as it is today as well. I think the, the fan base is incredible. The coverage is incredible. And, um, you know, it's great to be able to watch any game you want from most most parts of the world. And, and, yeah. and, and that in itself is is. Is enjoyable. It's a completely different game yeah. now, and yeah, yes. but, you know, fans complain, but the shall we say more mature um, football fans like myself, we um, you know we do look back on those times and think like you know the pens behind the foot behind the goals and yeah. oh, it used to block the flare, but uh, I remember seeing how different it was. Um, Steve Linex, the ex-Leicester player, yeah. and he, he was telling me that uh, during the pre-match talk by Jock Wallace, Mark Wallington, our goalkeeper, used to sit on the toilet with the door open, smoking a fag. <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. recommend that, by the way. No, no, no. But, uh, but no, the, 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 good old days, and it's good to look back and think, yes. oh, God, it, you know. It, but you, you only say you 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 retired at twenty six. Um, you, I think you were going for a move to from Villa to Birmingham, weren't you? When the I, I nearly, I nearly moved, made the move across. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, I failed my medical at, at the time, which again was one of the things that highlighted some of the problems that I had. Um, yeah, I, I Trevor Trevor Francis was sold as the first million pound footballer. Yeah. 
And Birmingham tried to buy me, um, which would have been £650,000, which would have been the second highest transfer of its type in, in that era. Um, and obviously, I had a few issues with Mr Saunders, who was an incredible manager, but 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 he and I crossed swords quite a few mm. times. Uh, respected him tremendously, great manager, but, you know, there, there was just issues for people like myself, um, Gary Shaw, Tony Morley. He was, he, was, he was really tough on us type of players. And, you know, you just I just kept... And I would answer back, unfortunately. Um, uh, so I was always, like, in trouble with him. Um, and... Uh, he just said to me that day, came in and said, right, um, you know, I've, I've had an offer off Birmingham City. I want you to go and talk to them, which I did do. Um, everything was signed, but I failed my medical on on a back issue, which, again, I've had spinal problems mm. over the last few years. I had major surgery on my back. as, as When I left Leicester City, I had what was called a spondylolithesis, which was a slight displacement of the vertebrae. So I ended up having an operation in Leicester just before I left. Um to, to remove a disc and to fuse my spine up again. So I've I've had, I've been in the wars a little bit, you know, when it comes yeah. to football. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but moving to Birmingham, it failed, it fell through. But again, you look back into the 70s, our European Cup captain at Aston Villa, Dennis Mortimer, went to Birmingham City. Uh, Des Bremner won the European Cup with Aston Villa, went to Birmingham City, played more games for Birmingham than he did for Aston Villa. Tony Morley went to Birmingham City on loan. I mean, it just, it's just never-ending, you know, the, the little cycle of that era. And, and there were, there were a, a, you know, a top-division club a lot of the time. In the oh, day. yeah. Yeah, know. but what I'm trying to say is, you know, back in the 70s again, you know, people just moved around in the local area. When somebody went yeah. from London to the northeast, everyone was going, "What's he doing that for?" So, <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> he can't do that. And we didn't, you know. So it, it was again. Um, the younger fan doesn't quite understand that. The the fans of the time, uh, it was just one of those things. Um, and uh, but I, I I failed my medical. The fact that I failed my medical and, and was offered a lot more money by Birmingham City. Uh, as soon as I had a little word in one or two of the lads' ears, they were all knocking on Mr. Saunders' door to, to get a rise. <laughs> um, so you were popular I, then. I, I came back a bit of a hero by, for the lads because yeah. we all got we all got new contracts. Um, uh, so it was just it, it was one of those issues that, um, as I've said, in, in those days it, it happened. Um, I think today. In, in the way the, the context of the world is or the, the game is, you know, with social media and all these things, it, it's more difficult to move to your local rivals. Mm. You know, yeah. for your family, for, for your lifestyle and everything that goes on, um, it is more difficult to do. And, and it's becoming, well, it, it, it doesn't happen so often now that someone goes to a local rivals. I mean, it does happen still. Mm. Um, but, you know, they're not, they're not in, they're not, the, as I've said, we used to go down the local pub and things like that, you know. So you were right in amongst your fans. You were closer to them than they are now. You're quite distant for them. But you get a lot of criticism, which can affect your family life and all sorts of things in this modern era. Whereas yeah. back in the day, you know, it was just one of those things. I mean, I went to Birmingham. I failed my medical. I came back. I went back and played in the first team. Um, and everybody was happy because they all got a rise. So it, was, it wasn't, a, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a bad thing sort of thing. And there was no, there probably was a good thing. There was no social media back in them days. Absolutely. So you could get away with having a few drinks in the pub. <laughs> well, no, we were allowed. I mean, to be honest with you, um, you know, team bonding was very much a part of, you know, on a Tuesday, in my playing days at Aston Villa, on a Tuesday, we always trained in the Birmingham, at Birmingham University. And we were encouraged as a group to go up to town afterwards and have a few beers together to, for this team bonding. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just the way it was. Um, 
you know, I mean, it, it was back in an era where, you know, pre-match meals, you, you know, you could eat what you wanted, basically. I mean, it was the case yeah. of for someone like myself when I was very young in the first team, you know, we used to have like a piece of steak before pre before you play. Um, highly not not recommended in these days. So there's just so many things. Scientifically, the game has moved on. Um, uh, the way the, the TV side of the game, it's moved on. Uh, every everything the connection the game is still I mean the rules are still there um, the players will always be developed from here there and everywhere but it, it's scientifically miles ahead of what it was back in the in the seventies. And your first managerial job was Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that probably wasn't the best start. <laughs> well, I I, had, I I was thrown into it. The, mm. the, the club was in administration anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, they couldn't afford to keep people. We used to get, I mean, again, I only worked there very for a short period. I think I did yeah. five, six or seven games. I can't remember, but I won three of them, uh, lost a couple of them and probably drew two. And everybody was thinking that I was going to get a chance there. Um, uh, but but as it turned out, um, there was a new consortium coming in and the first, the first person called in was me and I was told there and then that um, uh, so you're, not, you're not the manager we're looking for. Um, they offered me some compensation and I told them where to stick it. I mean, like a fool. I just, <laughs> I went home and I, I went home and I, and, and I remember uh, my now ex-wife um, said to me, How, well, are you got compensation? I said, well, I've told them to stick it where the, sh where the sun doesn't shine sort of thing. <laughs> you, can't, well. you can't do that. I said, well, it's too late now. I've told them. Um, <laughs> uh, so I just walked out. and But, but again, within weeks, uh, Bruce Rioch rang me from Middlesbrough and, um, mm. I went up to Middlesbrough, became the, the youth coach for three years and was schooled about football management by Bruce Rioch, who took Middlesbrough from the third division to the second division to the first division. It was an incredible period. I loved the way he worked. Uh, I loved the way he connected with his players. Um, and he taught me an unbelievable amount. I worked with uh, Bruce, Colin Todd uh, and myself, and then David Nish came in as well. So it was a good combination of people. Yes. Uh, and later on, obviously, David joined me at, uh, at Leicester. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I, I was schooled a by the disappointment of of having a job and and losing it when I was doing okay, but I wasn't yeah. ready for it. But I was I was schooled by Bruce Rioch and three years of of being close to the first team, um, even though I was the youth and reserve team coach at the time. I was always involved in what the work they did, and I, I worked at a club that went from you know again they'd just come out of administration. And Bruce mm. took Bruce took them to the first division in in the two or three seasons, and I was part of that group, and I enjoyed it, and I learned an awful lot. And he genuinely, along with Ron Saunders, who at that time I was beginning to realise how much he actually taught me. Um, those were the two people that influenced me in terms of football management and how to work, how to get in amongst the players, how to organise a team, how to do training sessions, uh, and all those things were really coming into place and. Um, uh, my my three years at Middlesbrough after the the disappointment of being sacked were were vital for me, um, and that led me on to the the, the job at Darlington, which yeah. again you know I've mentioned was was really good for me. Well, yeah, just I mean I always think Bruce Riott was a bit of an underrated manager, to be honest with you. I don't always think he got sort of the credit he deserved. I mean. <laughs> What what he could have done maybe at Arsenal had he stayed, you know, they kept him a bit longer, who knows. But um, 
but no, like you say, a great. Uh, well, he did sign Burkamp, hadn't he? I mean, it's, he was the, he yeah. did bring Burkamp to the club, and that was a yeah. massive coup for them. Yeah, I, I think Bruce was. Uh, I, I mean, I've spoken to people, and I think um, he was. He's quite a tough character, quite organised, quite disciplined. And if you look at, the, you know, I mean, again, uh, Wenger did an incredible job afterwards. But yeah. it, perhaps his personality was a little less or a little more easy to take. Um, Bruce was. It could be. You know, I mean, very. Very sort of uh, thorough, but very um, hard sometimes. Um, whereas you look at Wenger, he just seemed incredibly intelligent and, and had a way of getting through to people. But yeah, I think Bruce would have done well. But 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 um, he he has he def definitely laid some platform there for Mister Wenger to take over for him. And then you know, like you say, he moved to Darlington and had an amazing, successful period there as manager. Yeah, it it was. Um, you know, I I got offered the job. Um, I think it was the end of February, and um, they were bottom of the the old fourth division then, yeah. um, and there was pretty much zero chance of keeping them up. Um, but I I and I didn't keep them up as it turned out. But the the game before we were relegated, which was the last game of the season, the chairman, the old chairman, resigned. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he wanted to carry the can for getting relegated. Um, and and a fellow called Richard Corden, who was on the board, was given the job. Um, and his first game in charge was the day, as a chairman, was the day Darlington were relegated at Scunthorpe, and I was the the kit or the manager at the time without a contract, of course. Mm. Um, I got a, a, a message saying the chairman wants to see you on the pitch now, and I thought, oh, that's it, that's the end. I'm finished. <laughs> we're relegated, and I'm finished. But he he looked at me, and went, um, right, Brian, if you go today, I'm going with you. I said, well, you can't go. You've just got the job as the chairman. <laughs> he said, no, seriously, if you go, I'm going. I said, well, what, what, what's your plan? And he said, well, you've got two years. You've got two years to get us up. If we're not back in two years, we're going to be, we're going to be stuck in non-league football forever sort of thing. Um, so we shook hands, just said, and we both said, yeah, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything. It was about me having a job. Um, so within a week, I 20, there was 24 players at the club. 20 of them were out of contract. I just released the 20 players. Uh, and went on a mission to try and find a team, which yeah. somehow we did. Um, won the GM Vauxhall Conference, as it was in, in that period. The year later, we won the, the old fourth division. Um, and it was the most incredible period, really. Um, I loved it. There were great people. I pop back to Darlington every now and again now, since their demise again. They've got a lovely new stadium. They're in a difficult league, and I'd love to see them get back into the football league. I think it's not beyond them, uh, but but my time at Darlington was 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 wonderful. I had some some really good players at that level, um, uh, and obviously one or two of them followed me to Leicester. You know, I brought one or two, and people were going, "Well, wow, that 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 level's not as good as what they're looking for." And and in some respects, some of the players probably weren't that that brilliant, but they had a great. There was a, there were great team players, and I built. Yeah. At Leicester, I tried to build a team. It wasn't about individuals at that period. It wasn't about having great players. It was about building a team and, and, and yeah. team spirit, which I think we did. But certainly I did that at Darlington without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you then, you, like you say, Leicester came knocking. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, <laughs> the old Filbert Street, it didn't actually inspire you people, did it? <laughs> it was like... Uh, <laughs> Especially the far side as he walked out, the, the shed side. But um, I can say, what was it that really sort of appealed to you about Leicester? And obviously, they were a couple of divisions higher, but we'd only just avoided relegation. 
yeah, I think well, I think it was the fact that you know I, I'd played against Leicester many times and I, I mm. knew what the the crowd was like and I knew what the support was like and I knew that the the city was a real sporting city, you know, with the cricket in there, the rugby in yeah. there, the football in there. Uh, so when you and then by what some people don't realise is you know when when even when you're not part of that and you go into places, you real you realise you know you go to Leicester as as I did as an Aston Villa player. And you know you're going into a, a real sporty area. You know you know you're going into fans who, who who can be really good. And the night games there, you know, I always remember you know going there and, and, and playing on a night and thinking, wow, this is especially the midweek night games. I thought they were incredible. Mm. You know, the the, the, yeah. the fact. So there was a, a no-brainer for me. You know, I'd done two years at uh, at Darlington. Um, the, the Leicester job just appealed to me. Um, and I remember Martin when Martin George rang me. And um, he said, "I'll be, I'll be there in a couple of hours." I said, "Well, you've got no chance. The motorway from Blumen Leicester up there—it's chock a block. You'll never—you've got no chance." And he said, yeah. "No, I'm going to fly up." And I thought, "Oh, crikey!" And he well, obviously come up in his own helicopter, didn't he? Really, which yeah. was—I was thinking, "Crikey, this is—I'm moving back into a different world here." But Martin <laughs> and I had a good chat. Um, it was, yeah, we—you know—we got on reason. We got on very well. In fairness, my my—I—I I don't know where he. Pulled my name out of the hat. I had no idea, um, uh, but, but he pulled it out of the hat. Whether it whether it was whether it was something that was really planned or not, I don't know. I wasn't overly bothered. I just wanted to do the job, um, and I was delighted to come down. So, you know, within within no time at all, I'd driven down, and the next day was announced as the manager, which was um, again. I, I realized, and I can remember there was there was definitely people going, "Oh, yeah, I know he's done well there, but." But I'm not sure whether he's ready for this type of job, you know. But yeah. um, as I've said, I, I was thoroughly at, at the time um, ready for that type of a challenge. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, I went straight to day one and, and, and got stuck into it, you know. So there was people to move on. There was people to bring in. Um, I never really had any money as such. You know, I wasn't really yeah. given a... Uh, a pot of gold to to go out with, and 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 most of my signings sort of re raised people's eyebrows. I think they go, "What? Where's he from?" I remember people like Fitzpatrick from Stockport, and you know, and mm. Jimmy Willis from from uh, from from Darlington. Michael Trotter, who he wasn't even a regular at uh, at Darlington, brought him down. Um, I, 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 you know, there was something about building a, a dressing room together with people that that milked into each other. Um, and that's what I that's what I based the, the the initial period on 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 trying to um, bring in the type of person who I knew would have a real goal, you know, mm. and 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 were good fun and a good laugh. I mean, Fitzpatrick was one of the funniest lads ever. I remember one day he came in to me. We'd been in the canteen, and he just bought a little house down there. He said, "Any chance of me having some of the furniture out the canteen?" I mean, you, there were just canteen chairs and a canteen table. I went. <laughs> Fitzy, if you need that in your house, you take that home, son. There's a table and four chairs, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was just, and he did, yeah, of course he did, yeah. Was, I mean, I, I, honestly, I mean, I, those sort of, we had great, those sort of things. We, 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 we brought everything back down to earth. Not that it wasn't down to earth before. I never, and I'm not criticised. The one thing I would do, when I went into a club, especially like Leicester, it was my way. It wasn't a criticism of the way before. It wasn't, yeah. I wasn't interested in how it was done before. This was how I wanted to do it. And, and mm. saying what I'm saying, I'm not criticising people before me. This no, was no. how I. This was how I wanted to do it. Um, 
Alan Evans and, and I brought John Gregory. John, John, John rang me. John had had a really tough time at Portsmouth, and was really a bit down in the dumps. And um, and said, look, I need I need to, another opportunity. I said, well, come and work for me. He said, yeah, but, but I want to be a manager, Brian. I said, John, if the time ever comes in your life where you want to be a manager, then I will allow that to happen for you. Let me tell you, because I'm I'm of exactly the same mind. Um, you know, if people want to do things, I've never stopped anyone doing what they wanted in their life. So John came to me and Alan, uh, Stevie Hunt to start with. Stevie was a good lad. Um, and we just we just joined in everything we could. At the time, I was still fit enough to just run a little bit. Alan and John were still incredibly fit. We did everything with the pre-season with the players. Um, you know, we made sure we, we did a lot of hard work. Um, a lot of organisation, played with three centre-backs. The minute I said three centre-backs, I remember, again, there was this uh, sort of noise around the place going, oh, we're going to be defensive, aren't we? We're not going to be ex exciting. Um, but but I'd done that for two years at Darlington, scored more goals than any other team in that league. Um, and and it, it worked. If you had the right... Yeah. If you could match a player into a system... So I was already into the point, like I've said, of building a team and not a team of individuals and I've always worked at that because I look at Ron Saunders teams Ron Saunders built a team built four teams in five different years at Aston Villa and took them from the second division to the first division to the league champions to the European Cup even though Tony Barton won that it was the Ron Saunders team yeah. he built a team and and he had a system that every individual worked in that role perfectly so and at, at that period I mean the modern game now that's that's almost impossible to do. You can't just have a team. You've got to have real talented individuals today. But in that period, in the 90s, a team spirit, a team organisation, a functional team, an organised team could win things. And that's what I tried to put together there. And how much of a sort of... Um, when, you, when you walk through the door and you sort of realise, oh, my God, you know, it was, it was in a bit of a mess, Leicester, wasn't it? And... Uh, you, you installed, and I, I'm quoting here, um, he introduced a new, this is off the Leicester City website, I'm not just making this up, yeah. he introduced a new set of rules at the training ground, emphasising the importance of punctuality, the be <laughs> wearing of flip-flops, yeah. and the importance of wearing the correct attire and of being clean-shaven on match days. That's right. And you also, and you also got rid of the pool table, I bet, I bet you were popular. <laughs> I, yeah, probably. But at the same time, everything I did was was followed i never find anyone i find people five pound that was the maximum i find a football player at, at leicester city and at aston villa and, and and prior and after that again i felt fines were were were, were there just to uh, somehow have a bit of a laugh and a joke but at the same time just to make sure that you know uh, people so we would have say flip-flops you know, generally speaking, in the dressing room, um, Alan Evans and John Gregory, we'd have a little walk around when we finished training and somebody would be there without the flip-flops because they'd been hidden by one of the players, you know, so you yeah. just to get a five-pack. And they, they just, they created that little atmosphere in the dressing room where everybody had a little bit of a laugh and a joke. Um, and 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 and, yeah, and every penny that we made went to a, a hospital charity at the end of the year. So right. we just, I just tried to create an atmosphere inside the dressing room, which that was fun. 
that the players, knowing players as they, as they were, they would try and catch mm. their mates out and stuff like that. They'd make sure they put the wrong shirt on or whatever, you know, that they'd, they'd swap the training shirt just before and, and somebody would walk in. It's a big setup saying, somebody's got my shirt on and then Alan and John would sift through them and so-and-so has got the wrong shirt. But he didn't know. He just picked his shirt, but it had been moved yeah. around by one of the players. We yeah. created a, an atmosphere where they just really got on with each other or teased each other, uh, pushed each other, tested each other, made each other think about things so they were always aware of what was going on in the dressing room. And really, that's, that that was just how uh, one of the things that ended up as being part of the the mechanics of putting a team spirit together. There was many other things. Like I said, Alan and John and myself trying to do as much of the training as we could. Um, uh, yeah, there was, it was and, and not splitting the group. I always remember as a young footballer, you know, when, when players used to get called out of the group and stuck in the reserve team from the first team, I said, oh, that's horrible. You know, that's really embarrassing. Yeah. So I, I never I never split anyone away. Everybody trained together. Everybody worked together. Obviously, there were times that I did the pattern and the shape of the team, so I needed the team out there. Um, uh, but everybody looked at it. Everybody watched it. Everybody was, you know, as, as part of it as they could be. Um and then, and uh, it was a period where we 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 built a spirit that we liked, that we believed in. Um, and when you look at people like Gary Coatsworth, Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, uh, Michael Trotter, all these lads who come in and did a job for us, you know, they they it's like it's like pulling them out of a lucky bag, isn't it? Really, you know, where, where did they come from? You know, it's like wow, how does he play so well for us? Because he knew how the team played, and he settled into a system that mm. suited him. And the players around him all gelled together because of that. Now, today you can't do that. I accept that. Um, it is all about talent and everything. But we, we created a, a great spirit and were competitive in that first season. But I think you also, like you say, that team spirit, that togetherness, it's almost like a 12th man. You know, and yeah. they say that about the fans. But, you know, looking at the, the Leicester team that won the Premier League, yeah, brilliant. There, there was, you know... <laughs> Mark O'Brien from Villa on a free. Yeah. Christian Fuchs came in on a free. I yeah. mean, and there was a lot of players that had not made it elsewhere. Yeah, and it was right. that band of brothers they used to call it, didn't they? Yeah, that absolutely. Team. Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, I think um, you know that 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 was very prevalent in that period. No, again, with the greatest respect, you know, most people would have thought one of the the big teams might have caught them at the end and, and got over, but they never mm. did, and that was brilliant. Um, yeah. But again, that's again, I, I just think even these years on, it's 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 more difficult to do that. You can have a team spirit. I mean, I think West Ham last year had a great yeah. team spirit, which has kept them in in a great position. Mm. Um, that, but that, well, I think to be to be uber successful and to win things, I'm not sure that you that that is the is is an overriding factor to help you do that. It can help you be competitive. It can help you be what in in there and, and 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 part of it. And outside of the Premier League, I still think that's massively important. It's mm. massively important to have a good a good team spirit in the Premier League. But I think having talent is the way you win things at that level. Um, yeah. Whereas throughout the other leagues, it's still about building a team. Um, make sure that everybody's getting on with each other, be organised, be disciplined, be aware of what the, the, each person can do, what their jobs are. And, and it, it, But that was the way I was brought up with Ron Saunders. We were never the greatest team, never the greatest set of individuals, but my God, he, he knew how to build a team and team spirit and yeah. how people worked off each other. And, and that's, that's really where I, I, I tried to do my business with as well. 
and you turned it around and i mean at the, a while ago a few years ago you did a thing for me uh my favorite things and it was five of you you know five questions and you had to pick your favorite yeah you still wouldn't pick a favorite player you said it was all it was like picking your favorite child but I, yeah. I said on that there that um, you will be known and loved at Leicester as like almost like the playoff manager, if you like. Yeah. And you got to see it, it, you know, so close with Blackburn. I mean, Daily Speedy dived, didn't he? Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> Speedy. I mean, I, I, to be honest, it was the, it was definitely the most controversial signing I've made in my life. I mean, Speedo was. Uh, but you know what? I, I remember thinking. I'd rather have him in my team than against me. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we, I tried to choose games. I mean, he, he, he almost single-handedly made it as difficult as he possibly could to have the spirit in the dressing room because him and Walsh used to fall out for fun. You know what I mean? Oh, my word. It was, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Speed, I mean, you, if whatever rules you, you put into a little five-a-side game, six-a-side game, Speedy would bend the rules, you know, I mean, he wouldn't comply, you know, I mean, he was mm. always awkward. He, he, but that awkwardness was what made him what he was, mm. you know. Um, and I remember, again, my, my vivid memory of Speedo would be, you know, being sent off against Tranmere in the semi-final. Um, yeah. uh, and, and that actually was the best thing that happened to me. And I know he, he gets upset with me when I say that, but because I didn't really want to play him in the final. I mean, I thought if we get the final, I, I, he's going to get sent off at Wembley. I can't, I can't. But but he yeah. actually won that game by winding. I mean, Eric Nixon must have rang 40 yards out. His goal to hit him, I think, wouldn't be really. And, <laughs> but Speedo was like that. But he, he, had a, he had a wonderful competitive way. He was very difficult to deal with. I, I, I love Speedo at the bits. But match days, I think, oh, what's going to happen today? Because I know he's going to wind somebody up or say something or do something. But it was a gamble that that genuinely paid off for yeah. us. Yes. Um, yeah. But he, he he was he was he was. When you look back and say, how is anybody had that wasn't in your sort of the, the type of thing you wanted to do as a manager? I think Speedo sticks out very much at the top um, because it was it was a risk. It was a it was a difficult one to to make the decision on, but I, I just thought to myself, every now and again you need somebody who might just in a, in a different way win a football match for you, and and yes. he was that type of player who could do that. So it was a gamble, um, but yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, it was great to, to get I the three. Did, did did he have because he, he these are the rumours whether they are true or not. That when you signed him, he said, Yes, but if we go up, you're not going to sack me. No, I don't think so. No, oh, I, I get that must be one of those sort of rooms that goes around and builds yeah. up over the years. If he'd said that to me, I don't think I'd have signed him. I think if anybody had said anything out, outrageous like that, I don't think I'd have signed him. I mean, yes. uh, I took on one or two difficult people in my life, but I, I always was. You know, as straightforward with them as I could be. You know, at the end of the day, there has to be a, there has to be a chief, and there has to be a, a, a group of people who understand that the chief is the chief, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and sometimes as a chief, you have to be big enough to walk in and say it was my fault. You know, but if you so if you are that leader, you still have to be big enough some days to say that's my fault. You know, instead of making other excuses with other people or anything else. Yeah. So I think that was, I think I, if I'm honest, I think I was probably one of my strengths. You know, I was probably one of the First, the hardest person I treated was myself, really. I was as critical of myself as anybody. 
Um, uh, but I, I no, Dave. I, I, yeah, you hear all sorts of things out of you know football, the football rumor mill. Um, yeah. But but no, I, no, there was nothing like that at, 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 no. uh, with speed or nothing at all. And how hard was it to um, overcome? Because I say you, you, you got to Wembley. We had a great day out. The city yeah. was all blue and white everywhere, and we lost in the way that we lost. Did that go into next season, a case of, right, we're going to get it right this season? How did you pick the team up from that? Well, again, I can't, I can't remember exactly when the, when the, the decisions were made, but I, I'm, I'm sure they were made before the final itself. Um, that whatever happened, um, now whether this was towards the end of the season, thinking that we're going to get into the playoffs or not, I can't remember. But I know for a fact, we had made sure that everybody knew that... Um, we would be back training on July the 1st for the next season, come what may, no matter yeah. what. Um, so, you know, if we were to have six or seven weeks holiday uh, or four weeks holiday, there was no difference. No one was allowed to book a holiday in July because you got to the end, because you worked till the end of May. So you only got four yeah. weeks off while the other people. And that was a definite, that was said. I, I can't remember. I don't think it was put in writing or anything like that, but, but that was cast in stone in those three years mm. and leading, when when that was said after the first one um when we'd lost the game by the time by the time i'd got home i was already thinking about what you know i mean or even before i was thinking about what we were going to do pre-season what everybody knew the date we were coming back um yeah. what type of player we might get interested in or whatever had to be you know on 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 the result itself but that was exactly the same for the three years you know it was it was cast in stone that nobody was having an extra two weeks holiday or anything. You know, it was mm. a, if it was four weeks, it's four weeks. If we finished, if we didn't get to the end, if we got to the end of the season, we weren't in the playoffs. Uh, it was July the first we come back or whatever relevant date it was. Um, you know, but but there was no oh right, lads, you can have an extra couple because I think I remember looking back over the when we got to the playoffs, and I remember seeing. Things about you know, oh, so and so, they've given so many players so many extra days because they played longer. And I was thinking, well, the longer they're away from it, the less your preparation is. Mm. Um, and at that level, we were in the championship. You know, the, you know, we didn't have international footballers as such. So you know, they weren't getting sent off to play extra games here, there, or anywhere or anything like that. So my mentality was, irrespective of what the result was in a in a playoff situation. The, the the date for preseason was set in stone and everybody would be there and that mm. was and 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 for we just we were just t totally focused on that each of the three years you know each of it was right okay win lose win or lose we are back on this date when if, if we'd won and we if we'd won when we did win the last one it wasn't the case all right lads you can have an extra week off now or anything like that you know for winning it was you back that that yes. date the yes. date you're back we're not messing around you've got enough time to have rest enjoy your rest take your rest in um but we were very focused on 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 making sure everybody knew that you know so mm. and the semi-final um before we, we played blackburn we, we had cambridge yeah um and I, you said on, on that favorite thing that the i think it was five nil wasn't it we beat cambridge yeah. and yeah. you said that was probably your favorite game at leicester city I think that without a doubt, I mean, it was it was the most incredible performance. Yes, um, we were out, out. The fans were incredible. Um, 
the team were outstanding. Little Tommy Wright was unbelievable. Um, it was a great game. It's my favourite game. It's you know, as a football manager, it is high up there with my top three games uh, of all of all time because it was just mm. it was just a remember. Uh, earlier that season, Cambridge beat us 5-1 at Cambridge, and I got yeah. dog's abuse. <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I remember getting on the bus, and afterwards we were hopeless, and I, remember I got absolutely hammered by people. Oh, my word. And we'd had a decent start to the season, but, you know, like yeah. when you get beat 5-1 against you know a team like Cambridge, who everybody thought was not going – they were an incompetitive team, in all fairness. Were, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, oh, God, I got hammered. Um, and for to 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 sort of really turn that around by the end of the season, but the but the game itself, the night itself, the performance itself, the the, the atmosphere, it still sticks with me now. I still mm. I still feel that was definitely one of my most enjoyable nights ever as a football manager. It was a wonderful performance by the team, and we were I thought it was great. I I, I still I still love that that particular match. Yeah. And I know, and, and, and I've been thinking all night how I'm going to introduce this into the into the conversations. Yeah. I know you hate talking about it, and you probably know what's going to be coming up. But the following is we got back to Wembley, and I lived at the time with with my um, then fiance in Blackburn, as, as it mm -hmm. happened, and mm -hmm. I travelled all the way down to Leicester because it was Central TV were covering it because because Leicester were in the final. And um, sit down and watch. Let's go three nil down to Swindon. I mean, I know we lost the game. I know you hate talking about it. You mm -hmm. said it many times, but I, I still love the spirit and the way we fought back in that game. And again, another dodgy penalty. And yeah. I think that was the the journey back from Leicester to Blackburn, which was about three and a half hours. I don't think I spoke to to my fiance once. <laughs> for the longest time she yeah. tried to and I just wasn't she was driving yeah. I was just an emotional wreck but what a game I know you say it didn't go for us but I absolutely love that game I think loads of people have and it would still crop up on TV if, if they were looking at playoff finals that were that had a bit of everything that that probably would be it um, yeah I think um, it, it you know the momentum we got back into the, the game um would have made everybody think there's only one winner here, you know, when mm. we got back to 3-3. Three, three. Um, the, the difference is that there is generally always a, a goal that, that can change that game when you get back, when you come back like that. And we just got a little bit carried away with the euphoria of it and, and were caught out. Um, it was a very difficult one to take. I mean, you know, the rumours before the game that Hoddle was going to leave and go to Chelsea um, were, 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 were true. Um, yeah. he, he he was unbelievable on the day. I mean, he he was outrageous. I mean, he played incredibly well. Um, yeah, it was a really tough one. And I, I'm, I'm, we either beat them twice or drew one. I, I I don't think we lost to them in in at the league that season. Um, yeah. I'd like to. I, I, yeah, I should have checked that before. But I, I, my my mind is telling me that we we'd actually beaten them or we'd drawn at their place and won it. So we hadn't lost to them. We 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 were probably probably just about the favourites for the game, I guess, before it. Um, yeah, it was a real tough one to take. Um, I, I still can remember Tom O, uh, Stevie Thompson was in bits after that game. I remember that, giving him a big hug. 
Uh, yeah, it was so hard to take. I mean, uh, but again, for us to to switch straight into next season mode after the game, I thought that was brilliant. You know, so <laughs> there wasn't, there was, you know, there was always that as well. It was like I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if I said it in the dressing room. Right, July the first. See you next season. We're going for it again, sort of thing. You know, I mean, I, I could imagine that that would genuinely have come out of my mouth, and I would imagine one or two would have been thinking, for God's sake, just disappear, will you? Shut up, <laughs> go. But I'm gonna. But I, I had to Make say it. that team. I had to say it, you know, it had to be said. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. They say that, you know, get, getting back on the bike if you fall off, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, in the, uh, half time, I think we were just one nil down at half time, mm -hmm. and we must have still been in it. So you got your game plan, and then we come out, and within what ten minutes, we're three nil down. <laughs> Did you think at that point we could get back in it? Can I honestly say I don't remember? <laughs> I just, no, I, no, no, no. It's, just, it's a while ago we now. We just had. It was always. It, it was one of them games. We always felt we could score against them. That was the thing, you know. We, mm. we. I, I think that was it. And, and once we got the first goal, um, it was a case of right, come on, just roll your sleeves up and let's go, sort of thing. And that was the, you know, we, we had that in us throughout those three years. We had that yeah. in us, you know. We we did lose some games, and every now and again we had a. a a game that we were really poor in, but then with without that as well, there was always lots of games that we were pretty unlucky in. So we were a mm. decent side. We were a good bunch of people, um, and I think the mentality, genuinely from myself, would have been: look, well, just keep going for it now, three nil. Um, yes. The fact I, I, I'd like to think that. Well, I don't think I could get a message on at three three. I don't think that would have made any difference at all. But we were just so pumped up then. Um, yeah. That it was a, a massive, a massive disappointment to, to to lose the game the way we did, but again, as I've said, you use that as part of your mm. your build up for, for and test people and what are we made of and and thinking as a manager, is there any little tweak I can make to the team that make us a little bit different for next season? Um, we went to Wembley first time round and 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 it's it, you know I I don't think anybody I think everybody looked upon it as being a day out and in, in, not that we did. But in fairness, you know, we've been fourth off bottom the season before. We finished fourth off top. We were very competitive. We'd come on a long way. We're playing Blackburn, who had the money in football at that time. Yeah. Uh, and if we'd won the game, everybody would have been absolutely outrageously surprised. Um, but but there was it was hard to be dis it was hard to be disappointed after you lost. It was almost pr we were proud of what we'd done. I think more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that wasn't to say we we weren't going into the game thinking we could we couldn't win because we did go into the game thinking mm -hmm. we could win. But but it was it was very easy to go right, lads. You've been brilliant, fantastic. Um, see you on yeah. July the first. Simple as that. And then we when we'd go again, sort of thing, you know. So, um, but but the Swindon one, well, that was a big test. That was a massive test of character, wasn't it? Yeah. To, to to lose that game. Irrespective of what you were thinking through the game, irrespective of three three, how have we got back to three three? We got back to three three because we're a good team and we want to do well. Um, uh, but we've lost again, so let's come back again. Mm. Um, and sitting on that bus for the third time, going to Wembley, I mean, John Allen and myself used to just giggle at each other. Just go, are we going back here again? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> it was like you know, yeah. this can't be real, sort of thing. You know, one of, one of the players that was in your team for that, and I know you you, you absolutely liked him as a player, 
And I've read his uh, autobiography, and he speaks so highly of you, and that's Julian Joachim. Yeah, JJ was brilliant. Yeah. I love, love the little fella. Um, you, I think you picked his goal against Portsmouth in the semi-final, leading up yeah. to that game as your goal, your favourite goal at Leicester. Yeah, goal. And he, he scored one at Barnsley as well, which was unbelievable with the yeah. outside. But but the Portsmouth goal was was bordering on brilliant. Uh, little JJ was a great lad. Uh, had something about him, great edge, strong as an ox, good little finisher. Yeah, he, he was he was absolutely one of one of the best that we had. You know, I mean, um, uh, yeah, it was great to see a young lad come through like that. I, I still, I don't know whether I've said this to you. And I've said this to a lot of Leicester people over the years. Um, if I'd lost that last final. I think the board would have sacked me because of the team I picked, to be honest. Steve <laughs> well, Walsh up front, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it, was, it was, you know, I mean, I, 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 when I look at the team I've picked, I remember when Colin Gibson, I still speak to Gibbo today, mm. uh, and Gibbo always says to me, Why, how did you pick me to play in that game in the final? <laughs> I said, but he said, because he hadn't, he'd hardly played. I said, well, um, do you know, I, 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 I genuinely, it was one of those games where I went in thinking we are the underdogs here. Mm. You know, Derby had got some really talented young players. Um, they were right at the top of their game. And we had to really, uh, in my opinion, and I, I, I just felt if we'd gone out there and tried to play like we had against Swindon, we were going to get beaten. Mm. Um, uh, so I, I picked a team that I thought might frighten them. Um, now that's one hell of a brave decision, and I, I still say yeah. to this day, if I'd lost that game, lots of people, including the board, would have looked at it and gone, "How has he picked that team? Why? Why has he picked that team?" Simple answer: I wanted to win the game. Um, I didn't. I didn't believe if I'd picked the, the sort of team that they might have expected us to pick, they would have gone, "We can win this, and we will win this." So yeah. it was a massive gamble on my behalf. Um, thankfully, it came off. Um, but again, I, I, I just know um, when I when I look back at it, and I know people would have thought afterwards if I'd lost, they'd gone. Well, he's lost. He's lost the plot. He's gone. He's gone. He's <laughs> the big three, three centre forwards. It's like, it's like when you bring, you know, you make a substitution within two or yeah. three minutes, you score a goal. You know, it's <laughs> suddenly the best tactical yeah. genius ever. You know, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I mean, looking down that team. Um, I've got to say, um, I mean, we won it 2-1. Yes. It became the silence of the Lambs. I yeah. think the fact that you did it over Derby made it even more special. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, before we get on to sort of a couple of the players, the atmosphere, I mean, it was just been totally different on the coach coming back and then when you got back to Leicester. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, we had it, we had it, we had it was incredible. It was a, a brilliant feeling. Um, mm. It was the end of, of three unbelievably hard years where we we pushed ourselves to the limit um uh, john allen and myself were exactly the same you know we we worked our socks off the players were responsive uh, i can't remember ever having bad days with them you know they were everybody was really clued into what we wanted to do what we were trying to do um each particular season there was a a, a slight twist to the, to work to the team to make it a little bit different or a little bit better, um, and uh, it, it was it was the end of a, a, a three year period where you look back and and some of the lads who who'd even left by then, but you, you knew everybody had made the contribution to to a remarkable recovery mm. from a club that had you know we'd not spent a lot of money, 
Uh, we've not spent a lot of money at all in terms of other people in, in the championship. We've not spent a lot of money. Um, uh, we'd recouped a few players. We changed a few things. I mean, I did some controversial things with Paul Kitson going and and, um, yeah. and Phil G and, and Ormondroyd coming in, but I needed to change the team. Otherwise, I felt we wouldn't have got into the playoffs that year. Uh, even though we had a good player in our ranks, I felt I needed to tweak, tweak the team. So yeah. lots of things that we tried to do all seemed to work for us. And it was the, the, um, the that, that after that after that win, it was a hugely satisfying sigh of relief that came <laughs> through my body more than anything else. Like, wow, we've actually done it. You know, we if we'd failed again, I, like I said, if we'd failed again, I think I think my time might have finished there. And then primarily because of the team I picked. Yes, but, it, yeah. we, but we had some wonderful people, all worked. I mean, so many people did so many great things for us. Uh, players who'd left, players who'd stayed. Um, it was, it, And it was the end of uh, an incredible um, effort on, on the club's behalf, really. And talking about the team, and you mentioned his name earlier, and I've got to say it again, Steve Walsh. I mean, you know, we all know Walsh. Again, he's been on the, the, the channel a few times. And, I mean... <laughs> Putting in what 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 a masterstroke, like you say, one of those like playing as a centre forward. But you know, and I think one of everybody's favourite pictures is him running yeah. after, having scored that second goal of him just turning and running. Yeah. I mean, was he difficult to manage? No, it, uh, Walsh was a lovely person. He was, uh, he was a fireball. I mean, the yes. thing is, he had a very short fuse. And, and mm. whenever, whenever we played Wolves, I was always worried about him because I knew him and Steve Ball would kick off. That was an absolute yes. um, yeah. uh, so, so So Walsh was, Walsh's biggest problem was like, you know, he had this very short fuse that if somebody wound, and, it, and people would often try and wind him up in games, you know, and we'd be on, on the sideline just trying to, 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 to urge him to, 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 to calm himself down a bit. But yeah. he'd been badly injured. He came back. I mean, his entire career, when you played small-sided games on the training ground, he'd always be centre-forward. He'd never play centre-half. He'd never he'd yeah. sit back in five-a-side games. He'd always yeah. be up front. Um, he, he was... And again, he was one of them players who, you know, we had to manage right. I mean, he would often... Often come in my room on a Friday and say, "Oh, my my groin's sore," or this. So, and I'd say, "You'll be all right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll not pick the team today. Well, she will pick it tomorrow, sort of thing." So, you you just knew once he got the smell of the the, the match, he was going to be all right again, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So he had his, he had his moments where he was, you know, I think he was he he was worried about. He thought about games. He thought about people, mm. and he got he was quite an intense character, which I, which people would either agree with or disagree with. But when you work with them closely like that. He was one of the players that would knock on my door quite regular and say, oh, this is so and that's so. And I'd just say to him, well, I tell you what, you wait till tomorrow. We'll, at one o'clock, we'll have, a, we'll, have a, we'll have a chat in the dressing room before the game. But I knew he'd play. Yes. I, 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 knew, I knew he would play sort of thing. Um, um, so, you know, just handling and, and man management with people like that. Ormondroid was the same. Big Sticks used to knock on my door on a Friday, you know, and... He'd be frightened. He used to think when we played Jerry Taggart, I remember he'd always say to me, Oh, he's the strongest man in the world. I can't play against him, Gaffer. I'd say, You are. Well, all right, tell you what, I'll stick you on the left wing. So you, so you play out there today with just little things, little niches that I had, had the yeah. little man management things all the times with players. You know, the number of times like I've always said this when you're a football manager and you make a decision and all the fans are going, why has he done this and why has he done that? Generally speaking, there's been a conversation through the week that's influenced the manager on doing something a little bit different. 
He knows yeah. more than anybody else about what's going on. He knows individuals because they, they need to speak to him. Um, and I, over the years, in my 900 and odd games as a manager at all those different levels, mm. uh, I can remember picking teams and saying to people, well, we'll do this today or we'll do that today, which, you know, you sometimes the fans will go, what's going on here? Why is he doing that? Which you can't tell them because it's, no. it's, it's a personal thing. That player's a little bit worried about this or he's a little bit concerned about that or this is going on in his life, that's going on in his life. And you make managerial decisions on the back of all those things. So, but of course, you have got forty thousand managers in the ground every Absolutely, week. Absolutely, yeah. But that's fine, and you know that's part and parcel of the business, and that's part and parcel of what makes the great game great. Mm -hmm. But but there are times when, like I say, you can't divulge some of the things that that are, are told to you, and yeah, it's hard to put it across. So all of those things go into management. Um, and and while she was very, I don't think many people would have thought Walsh would have knocked on my door virtually every Friday, but he no. did. You no, know? yeah. he did. He was quite concerned about this and he was worried about that. And he, but that was him on a Friday. That was that was normal Walsh. Um, yeah. But you'd know on a Saturday, you'd just say, right, I need you to do this, and I need you. To, yeah, okay, Gaffer, I'm off. Just, just, yeah. I'm playing. That's it. I'm okay. I'm going to mm. be fine. Um, either that, or he just. Fancy a little rest on a Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Do anything you like and have a drink. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. But I say we, we got promoted. To, to me, that was when Leicester started to get turned around. And a lot of people do say that, you know. And yes, we've, we've had our ups and downs after that. Um, you know, Mr. Taylor's manager wasn't that most successful. No. Mr. O'Neill was. Um, but did you ever see us? Winning the Premier League. Wow. Um, well, I think that's that's a bit of a controversial question for me to answer. But but I think like everyone else, I mean, it was a it was a it was a it was a blessing for the game. Mm. And brilliant. Um, I, I'm not sure how or whether it'll be seen again. You know, you you're looking at your Liverpool, Man City's, Chelsea's, Man United, um, and they, as I've said, are now in a, a position where, you know, they look to. Uh, secure the best players, and when when people produce a good player or a great, a potentially great player, generally speaking, those clubs come along and 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 sort of sneak them off your type of thing. So yeah, um, it was an incredible achievement. That's all I can say. It was an incredible achievement. Yes. Was, I, I I I watched Leicester play a few times that that season, and even before this, the year, they went up again with. Drink water and people like that playing mm. in the midfield for them. I remember them thinking, "Wow, that's got that's a good team, that's a decent team," you know. Um, so it was a, a marvelous achievement. Um, did I ever think? Uh, well, I think the way the games change, you 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 would you'd, you'd you'd probably think, well, there are only four or five teams that, yeah. that now are, are, are potentially big enough and 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 now buy what they need to buy. Mm. Um, to, to, to be there so but I think it was great that Leicester did it I, I mean um, I was genuinely genuinely delighted and it's great because if you're part of the history of a club yeah. whatever whatever period you're, you're there if you're part of that club's history um, to see them doing well is fantastic there's not you know wherever I've been and whatever I've done in football I still look at those teams results I still you know yeah. as soon as Saturday is over as soon as the games are over um you know, I'm trawling through the my phone, sort of trying to see how Tranmere have got on, or how Darlington have got on, how Leicester have got on. 
I, I'm the same. I mean, I've moved around the country. I'm down yeah. on the south coast now. But, you know, I, I look <clears throat> to see how, because I lived in Burnley for 20 odd years. So I kind of follow them a little bit. Yeah. I was in Blackpool. And you just, you do just keep an eye on them, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you hopefully it's given other teams sort of hope that they can live the dream. Because um, we, we certainly did. And um, I, I, I never thought I would see it in my lifetime. So. <laughs> Uh, if you ever want to see a grown man cry, that was it. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember they used to do that season because we did so well. I used to do quite a bit with talk sport, and uh, I don't know how I got away with what I did on that night when they rang me and said, Will you come on? Because I was absolutely hey, I was and I had, had a few bevies, let's just say yeah. that. And yeah. B, I was absolutely in tears, wrecked, but uh, but great times. But Brian. And I think I say this on behalf of all all Leicester fans for what you did at Leicester. Thank you so very very much. Well, thank you. I mean, it was a great period in my life, and I loved it the bit, you know. So, um, thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome, and thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on this morning. Really, I know you're a busy man, so I really do appreciate it. Because I say, I know it's your personal time. Uh, please give all my best to, to yourself and your family, and um, uh, good luck for the season. All right. See you around. Take That's care. Much. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks to Brian there for coming on. What what a, what a nice guy. What a nice guy. Um, like I say, for me, he was the manager that started the revolution. You know, yes, he went. We had Mark McGee. Yeah, he went to Wolves, who he saw the bigger club. <laughs> How did that work out, Mark? Martin O'Neill. Peter Taylor obviously was a little bit... Mm. <laughs> being polite but that's how it goes but uh but no great great times in the brian little and i do appreciate him giving up his time and coming in uh we will see you soon thank you very much for tuning in and watching us on youtube i think please subscribe uh to the channel if you haven't and give a like to the uh, video as well and if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform thank you for lending me your ears and i will see you soon take care stay safe and don't do anything i wouldn't enjoy Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.